0: You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.
1: Future of Radio. Future of Radio. The
2: future of radio is here. Funemploymentradio.com.
3: So I just did one Google search of this. Uh huh. It's popped up on a million different blogs, <laughs> Fark, Reddit, Grub Street, Frequency.com. All of them reference it. CNN, Fox News. And, of course, the original KATU and then a bunch of different ABC affiliates. Oh,
2: my God. That's amazing. That's
3: just from one search. I don't even know (laughs) how many different places this guy got this story made. But there are all these serious articles of people talking about it saying this is not a joke. This really happened. No, it's it's a a joke. It's amazing. (laughs) Dude, I just got to say congratulations. Um, Hello. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today to Fun Employment Radio. It's so fantastic that you guys tune in. Of course, five days a week, we broadcast this show live from Portland, Oregon. And uh, you can listen live by going to FunEmploymentRadio.com slash subscribe, where for six ninety nine a month you get to hear our show and all the other amazing shows on this network. And, of course, the podcast is always available
2: for free. <laughs> uh, so, so let's get back to what, what we're talking about here. So, yeah,
3: we, we've got a bunch of other things we're going to get to today, but we have a very special guest who's going to be joining us um, coming up in about uh, about a half hour or so. And he is kind of an kind of overnight celebrity. He is. He is... is. For what he did,
2: which which is very complicated to do in this day and age because there's so many weird news stories, you know, out in the ether that you can't... Sometimes you can't tell, you know, what's true and what's not. It's true. So... He was able to concoct a story and get it to be picked up by thousands of news organizations yeah. as truth, when really it was kind of something that he uh, decided to make up on his own, which is pretty
3: hilarious. So this story, the story started off. It was on KATU, which is the ABC affiliate here in Portland, Oregon. Um, I believe two days ago is when it showed up on there. Maybe it was just yesterday.
2: I saw it yesterday morning. That's okay. the first time I saw
3: it. So so it must have been. And it made
2: me laugh out loud.
3: Yes. <laughs> and essentially it's this. So this, this guy went to, uh, went to KATU, had them come out and film him, talking about how his, uh, his problem was that foraging sous chefs had been coming into his backyard and stealing weeds from his yard and then using them in local restaurants in food.
2: Yeah, so I have the original news story here. So this is from KATU here in Portland. Okay. And this guy said, uh, so he says, uh, the apartment manager, so his name is Martin. So it says the apartment manager of a Southeast Portland apartment complex says he can't get employees from local restaurants to stop climbing his fence and picking wild weeds from his property. Martin Connolly thinks random weeds and plants are going into the dishes at nice restaurants because he lives around Plenty of trendy restaurants in Southeast Portland. Uh, so <laughs> he he basically made this uh, this the story, if you will, about chefs actually breaking into the sides of his apartment complex that he manages and stealing the greens and herbs and even like the leaves and such to put into their fancy schmancy local organic Portland
3: dinners. Yes. Yeah. So So, do you want to play just part of the? Uh, yeah. KTU so I have the, I
2: have the K two. Uh, news story. It was down for a while. I don't know if they took it down on there. It's like, screw it, we're getting a lot of hits, we're going to put it back up. But it was down for a while. They just put it back up. So here's the original story that aired yesterday or m- maybe the night before on K2 about s- bands of sous chefs gone wild here in Portland.
3: K2 tonight, a bizarre problem in a southeast Portland apartment complex that could be right out of an episode of Portlandia.
1: If you live in Portland, you have to kind of know what comes with the neighborhood, and in this case, it's bands of sous-chefs.
0: Yes, you heard him right, sous-chefs. The apartment manager says he cannot get employees from local restaurants to stop climbing his fence and picking wild weeds from his property. K2's Erica Nocklen went there to talk to him, and Erica, he thinks these random weeds and plants are going into dishes at nice restaurants. Because he lives around plenty of trendy restaurants right at Southeast 16th and Hawthorne. He left messages for a few places trying to tell them to stop, but he hasn't heard back. Now he's putting up signs and getting ready with his camera in case sous chefs keep coming around. This is where it's happening? Yeah. Around the back of the apartment building Martin Connolly manages, a fenced-in alleyway is filled with wild weeds and greens, apparently ripe for the taking.
1: They're going into dishes somewhere.
0: He blames sous chefs.
1: In some neighborhoods there are coyotes and some you have skunks and here we're just Dealing with sous chefs and all the things that come with that.
0: He's seen them in the area before and has picked up their leftovers.
1: Well, you, you can always tell that they've been here. There's, um, you know, beard nets, and um, I found this recipe lying back here the other day. This PDX pork belly.
0: Martin says he can even recognize
1: their scent. Sometimes, you know, smells like brisket and his neighbor spotted one stuck on the fence Friday. Had a bag of what was probably chicory leaves. So
0: after posting a no trespassing sign.
1: Especially sous chefs aren't allowed to be trespassing.
0: Martin led us back the legal way to show us the long list of items that could end up on your plate.
1: Well, you got grape leaves, of course, for dolmas and such. And this is all just wild? Yeah, some dock, I believe. Most of the cat mint I think is is gone. I think they got most of that. And they're just throwing stuff
0: in bags? In Tupperware, bags, yeah. He doesn't want to call police. It feels too silly.
1: I don't know if they take the milkweed. But
0: he does want it to stop.
1: I feel like Mr. McGregor.
0: And until then, Martin gave me a word of
1: advice. Hide your dock. Hide your mallow. (laughs) No herb is safe.
0: I did go into a few nearby restaurants and asked about this, but no employees said they are responsible. The neighbor has a feeling it's one particular restaurant, but we don't know for sure. I did speak with that neighbor on the phone who said she saw sous chef stuck on that fence. It sounds like a joke. It really does. It, we talked about it. it it's pretty humorous. It, He says it's happening.
3: Well, they can come over and get my weeds any time they want. There you go. (laughs) Local food. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for that, Eric. So there we go. That was from KATU, the ABC News affiliate here in Portland, Oregon. And... Just listening to this, it's so ridiculous that, that it would even be believed. Talking about finding the beard nets, I think, is probably one the of The beard them. net thing, I think,
2: is – and also the, <laughs> the, they all
3: smell like brisket. The smell of brisket uh, and left recipes that he finds. So
2: it's being asked in the chat if catmint is actually a thing. And that's funny that you asked that because Greg and I looked that up earlier when we were listening to this. Because I'm like, is catmint really a thing? Is he just making up, like, mints? But no, I guess it actually is. Uh, it is actually it is. a, it a it thing. Exists.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a flowering plant. So apparently – it, it is something that does actually exist. Um, it's also being noted that milkweed is poisonous, so maybe he was just naming different uh, different weeds that could have been in there. It's and it's the, genius. Uh,
2: the video that accompanies it too, as he's bringing this news person along with him, showing this back alley of the apartment that he manages. It's just all weeds. It's all <laughs> weeds. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing is at all any sort of mint or anything along those lines. It's just. An alleyway in southeast Portland full of weeds that he said people are stealing from him. So it is – it's genius. I, this has been picked up – I saw it on CNN today. Yeah. I've seen it everywhere. So uh, so thanks to uh, listener Chris, who yes. is amazing. Chris is actually friends with Martin, and he contacted us and asked us if we would want to talk to Martin on the show. And to that, we gave a resounding hell yes. Yes, because absolutely. Because we want to talk to this guy because a lot of people try and fail to dupe people. And yeah. he – he got national news organizations talk about bands of sous chefs stealing <laughs> his weeds Mormon. and they leave beard nets and recipes behind.
3: The best thing, too, is to look at some of these national sites and then read the commenters, all the, the, the trolls online who would comment on these different things and go launch into this ripping on Portland and all of that stuff about how, oh, this is ridiculous. One more thing from that crappy town. And and it's all Everybody got pwned. Everyone did. Everybody did. It's amazing. It's, it is. It's, it's his delivery, I think, is what really uh, sells it. In I wonder if he's
2: I want to know a little bit about Martin, because I know he's. Yeah, he's the manager of the apartment, as it said uh, mm-hmm. on the nationwide news that he, was, <laughs> <laughs> that he has been broadcast on at this point. I don't know if he's like a, a thespian of sorts, if he's an actor, because he really pulled that off quite well.
3: Yes, yes, he did, and so so he's going to be joining us. Yeah, I have I have a bunch of questions I want to find out from him about how he got this got this to go through, and I don't know what's weirder the fact that it is Portland, so is that what made it so believable? Because there's so much weird stuff here. Is like Portlandia just entered the national consciousness of that is how Portland actually Maybe is. Maybe that
2: is. Maybe they're not understanding the blurred line between you know television show and actual things that happen in Portland
3: but this I mean if nothing else
2: I don't understand what instinct you would have inside of you to not make sure that this wasn't fake like (laughs) as soon as you hear beard nets laying on the ground and the smell of brisket (laughs) like how would you not know like kudos to Martin to be able to actually trick multiple news organizations yeah And actually, like, national news organizations to pick up this story.
3: Yeah, blindly picking it up and just running (sighs) with it and then making their own commentary on the actual issue of foraging sous chefs in Portland, Oregon. Which, by the way, I do have one question. What exactly is a sous chef?
2: A sous chef is like a chef that's secondary to the head chef. Okay. So, like, they do a lot of the... like when I think about it, they do a lot of like the mincing and the chopping and they do a lot of the like the busy work that when the head chef is like, you know, putting doing his fancy stuff. OK, they're like the secondary chef. OK.
3: All right. All right. It's still this is it, it's just so genius. So the best genius.
2: part is if you watch the video, which you totally should. He actually has, uh, put up a sign that said uh, it's a no trespassing sign and he hand wrote on it in a Sharpie. Uh, no trespassing, especially shoe, sous chefs <laughs> <laughs> on it and everything's like really ser- like taken seriously. Like it's funny how people speculate that it sounds fake but nobody ever actually says that it is.
3: No, but they went ahead and ran with it. Mm-hmm. They went ahead and ran with it. So, that is uh that that is just absolutely fantastic. So, he's going to be in here. If you have questions for Martin about his uh thieving sous chefs, um please uh I just kind of want to know chat. what
2: inspired Martin to do this in the first place.
3: Mhm. That's mm-hmm. pretty
2: That's pretty crafty.
3: It is. If nothing else, he may have uh, got himself perhaps a, a partial writing gig for Portlandia. So.
2: <laughs> this is true.
3: <laughs> so you never know what could come from this.
2: Wow. That's actually a really good point. Mm-hmm. He could totally be picked up for that.
3: Maybe. You never know.
2: <laughs> so that's the glory of living in Portland, Oregon, and the glory of you guys, of everybody, the community that we have made here uh, with Fun Employment Radio and all you listeners. I mean, because, because of a, a f- fan of ours because of Chris because he knew that we would love to talk about the story he got a hold of Martin who's a good friend of his and now Martin's coming on the show yes which is amazing so he'll, we're super stoked about this yeah
3: he'll be here in just a little bit yeah it's so it's so awesome actually uh, Chris is helping us out with another interview too that uh, we might be doing here that Greg in, is a super excited a little further about. down the road mm-hmm. yes it's uh, it's good I will say I, should I just say who I've been in contact with today because I'm so excited about it, even though it hasn't been set up yet? Okay. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should wait.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're excited about it and it okay. hasn't been set in stone, you probably shouldn't put that. We've
3: after. got some awesome interviews lined up coming up here <laughs> on Fun Employment Radio in uh, in future days.
2: Edward, right, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx. It. Don't do. Yeah, it. okay. I, I won't jinx. It. Uh, Edward in the light, live chat says you're spending a little bit, uh, spreading little bits of Portland all over the world. <laughs> this is true. It is, indeed. and quite honestly, the the place where the sous chef thieves are running rampant is pretty close to where our studio is. It
3: is. <laughs> It is indeed.
2: Uh, so no wild sous chefs are, should probably pick at the bushes outside of our, uh, outside of our building because no.
3: I'm pretty sure that people urinate in them. But I do believe someone has figured out where our studio <laughs> is because today we discovered something uh, outside, perhaps a little bit of a graffiti tag. So there is – we've talked about this before on the show. There's this chair. Our, our building is really nice. Our studio is very nice, but we're in kind of an industrial area. There is a chair like a sofa chair that's been sitting outside on the corner of this block for at least two months by our estimation. We
2: keep saying two months, but now it's probably been about four.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I know. It's been a long time. It's been, been a long time that it's been out there. And there is someone, a very dangerous, clearly gang member or some kind, uh, by the name of Igpain. Igpain, who,
2: who tagged t- the sofa tagged, chair.
3: Tagged the sofa that had been sitting out in the rain for two months and is just disgusting and decrepit, but he wanted to make sure everyone knew that he was there. Yeah. We went outside. It's Igg Payne's
2: sofa. Nobody else sit in that disgusting sofa.
3: Until later on, of course, Sarah, when I made her, uh, since she lost the bet and she had to change her Twitter name to Thick Ass Judy, which is the juggalo name I gave her for, for what was it, 24 hours you had to do that? Yeah, it was awful. Well, during that time, we decided, well, you know what? Igg Payne can't control this block. Why doesn't Thick Ass Judy control it? You know it?
2: what? I'm on this block. This yeah. is my block. So yes. I decided, So so we went out to the chair because somebody's already written on the chair and will be equally as stupid as the first person who wrote on the chair and decided Absolutely. we have a, a huge-ass Sharpie here in the studio, so we scribbled out Pain, and so I claimed the chair as my own. I claimed it as Thick-Ass Judy's chair. Indeed. And so it has been for the past couple of weeks. Nobody – I actually have looked every day to see if anyone else was going to try – like if Pain was going to come back, yeah. try and retag the chair, right. trying to start, try to start some stuff. Uh-huh. Never know. Oh, yeah. And then today, lo and behold, as I was driving uh, into the parking lot, I, as I do every day, I look at the chair – <laughs> I don't know why it's just mythic, because it's just like, hello, chair. That's like, your every thing. time That's just, it's kind of become part of the decor around here. <laughs> so uh, as I look at the chair, I notice that thick-ass Judy was crossed out on the chair, and something else was
3: written there. She was indeed, and I want to say right away, right off the top here, it was not me, but someone crossed out thick-ass Judy and wrote in Greg Nog. So I just posted a picture of it in the chat. So there's two things I want to I, I do I want to make sure that's clear that it wasn't me. You can tell it wasn't me because Greg is spelled with an extra G on the end. Mm-hmm. It's a two G Greg, and the, two, the two and G's Greg the has dog. very
2: strong thoughts on the two G Gregs. Well, yes, just I like do. I do with my Sarahs without H's. I'm looking at you, Sarah mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico, but I'll move on. But yeah, so uh, that Greg, I can clearly tell, and I know Greg's handwriting because Greg
3: honestly writes like an eight-year-old you mean i have beautiful handwriting i
2: mean that you can't ever like i wouldn't have been able to read this if greg had written it. i
3: have the handwriting of a doctor he has very learned scratch sure very intelligent Mm -hmm. handwriting because i don't have time to write out uh, (laughs) nice
2: so i looked at this and i couldn't i couldn't see what it was as i was driving but i saw that thick-ass judy was crossed out as i'm driving by i'm like oh motherfucker did Pain come back (laughs) did igpain come back and write something on there and sure enough as i get out of my car and walk over i see someone has written Greg Nog, exclamation point.
3: <laughs> Which, of course, is a reference to me because that's what I was called when I was eight by my friend's little brother. And, and then he made the mistake of telling us on the show. And now it's mistake. my favorite nickname for Greg ever. I hated it when I was in grade school. I hated, hated that name Greg Nog. And I made the mistake of bringing it onto the show. And now every time
2: I hear used. the name Greg Nog, it still makes me. Laugh. I
3: know it does. You use it all the time, all the time. It's uh, it is not uh, it's not changed my hatred for it, but nonetheless, this is hilarious. So whoever it is, and honestly, I don't know because we didn't have any shows on the uh, that broadcast last night. Yeah. from the network. So I, otherwise, I would say you know maybe it was like Accidental Housewives* or, or *Aaron Duran* or somebody. They weren't here last night. No, so but somebody because I, you look at it every day. it I had to have at happened it Last day. night it
2: was not it, when we left yesterday afternoon, whatever time we did, like four o'clock or whatever. It was not. It had not been tagged.
3: It had not been tagged. But
2: now somebody had the gall to cross out Thick Ass Judy and put Greg Nog <laughs> on the chair.
3: <laughs> what I'm wondering, too, is it's got to be hilarious for anybody else who's walking by this studio who maybe doesn't know who we are, doesn't know the name Thick Ass Judy or Greg Nog, trying to figure name. this out. If it means, on who if these it means anything are. to you,
2: I hate the name Thick Ass Judy.
3: Well, there we go. There yeah. we go. Well, you know, it's our tagging names, I guess. Sure. Um, so <laughs> There are tagging identities. So whoever did it, excellent work. I'm looking at the handwriting. Do you think, it looks, it looks like a, I, I'm, well, I shudder to say this in case I'm wrong, and obviously I'm clear, clearly no handwriting expert. You are
2: not, you should not ever say anything about handwriting.
3: Well, is that, does that look like a, is that a woman's handwriting? I don't know, Greg. I, I mean, you would know better than I do.
2: I, I uh, I'll have to look at it again. Hang on, okay. let me see. Okay, yeah. That does kind of look, mm, well, it does look a little similar to mine. It could be. The the G's look a little ladylike.
1: But it was I am not a, you. I
2: am a handwriting... Since my dad's a doctor, you know, and doctors are kind of close to handwriting experts, clearly... I'm kind of a handwriting expert. I'd say like 25%. So I'd probably say it's really? a woman.
3: Really? Yeah. That's what you're going to imply with that? Mm-hmm. Also, since you're such an expert on health and uh, and medical issues. Yes. Because you're, because you're half doctor, as you stated before. Half doctor, half Spanish teacher. Oh my
2: God. By the time that chair actually is moved, I wonder how many things are going to be written on that.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm going to be curious every single day. I will look at that as well. So somebody... Whenever I'm bringing my
2: fabric pens in. That's it. I'm going to town. I'm going to make that a work of art. <laughs> and on the corner, I mean, hell, if, if nobody's going to move it, I mean, clearly the building has taken a stance to not move the chair. It's there right next to the driveway. Yeah, like it's it's blocking space. That's city property, isn't it?
3: Uh, that would be the city property. Yeah, yeah. Where, the part that it's on is city property.
2: I mean, we always have city workers driving around giving people tickets over here. Why don't they have a city worker come by and get the goddamn chair?
3: Nobody wants that chair. <laughs> Nobody wants that chair. That chair is just going to sit there. <laughs> so it is. Uh, it, it is apparently tagged by Greg Nog. That uh, <laughs> that chair now belongs belongs to
2: <laughs> the chair belongs to Greg Nog.
3: <laughs> wow, it is funny. So uh, good job, whoever did that whoever tagged it I'll be curious to see if there's something new there tomorrow
2: as will I I don't know how we can top it because it's already Igg Payne's then it was Thick Ass Judy's
3: yeah. now it's Greg Noggs it's true mm-hmm. it's true so there we go <laughs> um all right. Well, there's a, a few other things we want to get to, too, before, before he comes in. I know we've got some world of crazy. Yeah, we do. But I got to say, dude, you are posting some of the creepiest things that I have ever seen <laughs> on your Facebook page.
2: I have to say, I so I totally forgot about this. So yesterday was, I like to do this, like, early in the week. You know, it's a Tuesday. I was at home working on a, a dog painting, as is my want. I paint portraits of dogs. I'm painting one right now. Uh, but I like to have a clean area to do it in. So I was going through all of my stuff and cleaning up my apartment because it's very... As we've talked about before, my apartment is very teeny tiny. It's like 300 square feet. It's It's not an exaggeration. It's a very small studio. I love it though. I, I like my tiny studio. However, if you leave like one thing out, it looks like a, a mess. Yeah, you know? So I have to make sure, in order to get in my right mind, I like to have everything put away before I start, you know, doing my painting and stuff. So as I was going through some—I I can't remember—I was like trying to find a bill or like my my AAA card or something—and I was going through all my bills, and I totally forgot that about six months ago when I was visiting my parents, we had gone through a storage unit, and they were we were going through a whole bunch of old photo albums and stuff, and my parents had found. Uh, My great great grandmother's photo albums and my sister and I ended up going through them and they were like you know you can take out any pictures that you want and I came across these pictures from I believe were from like the 20s maybe
3: these are pictures that your parents had these are my yeah these
2: are my ancestors it's from my father's mother's mother's side. Okay. So these are ones that like uh that have been in a storage unit, they were for my great great grandmother, then you know they've been passed down. So eventually they, they've ended in my my parents' storage unit. And so and, we were going through them. And
3: you don't know who these people are. don't know who they are you just unless you know they're relatives. Unless
2: I take off uh, because all basically it's so old, the paper is so old that these photographs are on, it it, it crinkles like if you try and mess with it at all. Like it'll start to flake off a little bit. Okay. Because I want to take off the photographs to see if anything's written on the back of them. Yeah. But I don't want to snap them in half or do anything because 'cause they're very fragile. They're like I don't know, 90 years old. Can
3: you, like, hold it up to a light? No,
2: because it's what they're... So I have a... So when I went there, I was going through all these books and I found this page of just the most terrifying looking images, and I'll, I'll post one of them right here. So
3: Yeah, uh, post one in the chat. We'll put these on the uh, link for this episode too, yeah. so you can see them.
2: So I've, I found all these pictures, so I can't like look through them, because basically it's four pictures on either side of this thick, black piece of paper that was inside of a photo album that was like cracking and really old. So I, w- I took out the page from the photo album and brought it home with me, so I have eight pictures, um, most of which are pretty terrifying. So I was looking at it, and it, it fell out when I was picking up a whole bunch of my bills, I'm like, oh my god, I forgot about this. And I realized that I had never posted this picture. Uh, so, so these are. This is what so, I was asking my mom. I think this might be my great 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 aunt and her brother.
3: Okay, well, it's so
2: my great great aunt and her
3: and my uncle. Let me let me describe what this picture shows too. This must have been around Halloween. I'm assuming. Um, it very clearly looks old. There is a little girl dressed up in like a uh, like an early. 20th century dress type mm-hmm. of thing, holding a creepy as hell doll sitting in a wheelchair. Which, by
2: the way, let me tell you, all eight of the pictures that I took, she is holding that goddamn doll in every picture. Wow. Every picture, and they aren't all Halloween pictures that I have. Some there's one like on the coast where they're sitting on like the rocks on the coastline. She's holding that creepy doll.
3: Please tell me that doll's name is Annabelle. I do. So she's sitting this this little girl sitting in the chair, staring directly at the camera. Sitting next to her in a chair a little bit lower is what appears to be. A young boy with the cutout of like a jack-o'-lantern that he's wearing as a mask. Mm -hmm. So it's like the jack-o'-lantern face turned into a mask stuck on his head. And surrounded by him at the bottom of his feet are essentially naked dolls.
2: Naked dolls. There's one doll I think without... I don't know if that's like a a dog doll missing a head. Do you see that to the lower left? Yeah,
3: I don't know what that one is. There's another
2: doll at his feet. There's inexplicably a shovel. Uh, at the base of yeah, the polio
3: chair the, right, that the great, right great 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 aunt is sending in, and it's right in the middle of the picture. The shovel was like intentionally put into this picture, and then he's holding some cat too in his lap.
2: Oh my god, I didn't even see the cat.
3: Yeah, it is absolutely horrifying. You're right,
2: and she's in, and she's wearing like a, and the girl on the right is wearing uh, like a little bonnet. She's holding, she's holding her doll. She's sitting in an old like child's polio chair. Like wheelchair.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, thing. we say polio. chair. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's something. Yeah. It, it does kind of look like, a, I suppose, a polio chair.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that is because I had found one. Um, gosh, I can't even remember. Probably like six months ago when I brought these back with me and I forgot about it because they kind of freaked me out. And so I stuck them in a bunch of uh, like my um, my uh, bills that I hadn't really looked at.
3: Well, OK. Somebody is saying that maybe the chair is it or the, the shovel is attached to the chair so they can pull her around.
2: Oh, that could be. Maybe it. Maybe that's what it
3: is. Like a homemade like pulley system to or a homemade system cart for the for the young girl with the doll. I
2: guess that could be stairs.
3: So do you? And and you said you have found other pictures like this. Yes,
2: I have. A, I have a few more, but I didn't want to like post them all at the same time. I do have one that I posted a few months ago of a, of the same children, except for that time the kid was wearing the boy was wearing this really weird. Pointy mask that looks like something like clearly out of a horror movie.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, he already looks like he's out of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. They look like they just dug the body or, or put a body in the ground. Yeah, pretty much. Um, do you have that other picture? That you yeah, yeah, show? I'm trying to find okay. it right now. All right, so we'll find that one too. I mean, I will but say these this, are my
2: relatives. These are blood relatives. Like it
3: will, these, I will say this: it does show um, this does run in the family. You do have an affinity for Halloween and for horror, and clearly your. Relatives do as well. But wasn't did. that,
2: that was just normal for them for Halloween. I mean, that's kind of what they looked like back then, wasn't it?
3: I suppose there is a blog that I just saw of, uh, it's like old timey Halloween Ah, photos. I found it. Okay. All right, so
2: here's the other one. So this All is right, the same girl.
3: And we're posting this into the live chat at funemploymentradio.com slash live. And we'll put these pictures on the actual episode for uh, for this one where you can see them too. Yes. But let's, let's see what the other one looks like here. All
2: right, hang on. I'm just uh, done tagging, copy image. All right, so this is the other one. So it's the same brother and sister. Except for this time. so But then in this one, she's standing. So she's not in the wheelchair. So there she's standing. Different creepy doll. Oh, my God. Big bow in her hair this time. And he's wearing a creepy, like, labyrinth-style mask.
3: Yeah, like the giant, like, (laughs) troll with the... And the doll that she's holding is huge and looks like it's screaming. It does look like it's screaming. Yes. It looks like her and the doll are both screaming at the same time. (laughs) This is terrifying. What is going on in your family? Wow.
2: I don't know, but these are, which is weird. So I don't know if it was like the Halloween section, because clearly in the one picture, my great-great-great-aunt was sitting in a polio chair. You know, clearly, I'm sure she's not sitting in there because she wanted to. And then in this one, she's standing with her another creepy doll, and then the other cousin standing with the pointy-nosed face mask thing on.
3: With a screaming doll, mm-hmm. a screaming yeah,
2: doll. I know. And when we found these, like I was asking my mom, I'm like, "Are these horrible?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "This is terrifying." She's like, "Yep." She's like, "You can take them. <laughs> I'm like, done. Uh, I'm gonna take them from." How there. many more of these are there? There's a whole book of them. I just really? pulled. I just pulled a sheet because I didn't uh, because we were cleaning out the stuff and we had so much stuff to go through that I was looking through and I found. That one.
3: Are there more Halloween type pictures, or just them? Do we yeah, even know the- if this is Halloween, or do you just have relatives <laughs> that know. wear creepy masks? <laughs> where Where was this at? Do you, Do you even know that?
2: I like, don't know. It's It's somewhere. Uh, I think in the Midwest. I think that's where okay. my family is from. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So I don't know. There are just
3: some weird, weird, weird pictures. It explains a lot about you, though. What do you it mean? Really it really explains does. a lot about well, me. Well, you like some weird things. You like some weird things. And also, I mean, think about this. If you took a picture of like your apartment right now, because I've been to it, you have a like a mannequin head with a gas mask on it. I do. I almost took
2: a picture of that yesterday, actually. So I have a mannequin that stands in my doorway because like basically my apartment is like my door opens up into my hallway because I have a you know a studio apartment. There's like my bookshelf and some other like trinkets and stuff. And then I have a mannequin that's there. It's just the upper body of a mannequin where and it's wearing a, and it's wearing a fur jacket. It's wearing a gas mask. Then it has my black wig from when I dressed as uh, Tim Curry, uh, a la Dr. Frankenfurter from the Rocky Horror yeah, Picture Yeah, imagine Show.
3: somebody 50 years from now taking a look at that picture. That's terrifying. Yeah, so
2: he's re- a gas mask is hanging on it with a with a black like a uh, black wig on top of it, a big fuzzy black wig. And then on top of that, now is my Shira headpiece that I made. It just looks like something.
3: It's horrifying. It's
2: pretty terrifying. This is
3: why none of your neighbors will want to talk to you if they see that when you open up your door and no, they and do. Scurry in there. They
2: do because when I open my door, like they'll. I know that they can see it, and so I try to close it as quick as possible. But then I also have some weird stuff on my shelves. Like uh, when I went to Asylum, which everyone showed on 37th and Southeast Hawthorne, uh, they had this amazing golden Buddha head thing, but it has four different faces. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so it has four different – it's all like move the faces around. Like sometimes there's an angry face, sometimes sad face, laughing face, smiling face. I'll just kind of turn it.
3: You also have on your walls – Halloween pictures, those ones where you stand in one spot and you move and the faces change. It changes the, the faces change to skulls, mm-hmm. depending on how you're looking yeah, at it. Yeah, it looks like a happy You have those on your wall th- 24 hours, or uh, 24 hours, 365 days a I year. I do. It's not just for Halloween. I do. This does make sense. These I do have a lot of weird stuff. These people are your stuff. relatives. It absolutely makes sense. It is true, sense. actually. Like, I
2: decorate with creepy old dolls. I have masks hanging from the walls. I have a great little antique doll head uh, tissue box cover. That's basically the size, and it has tissues in it from like the uh, from like the '60s. The actual still tissue box inside of it. And it's a doll head made all out of hair. And then it has like a little plastic face. And then you pull the tissues out from the top of its head.
3: That is terrifying. <laughs> your your apartment is a house of horrors in its own right. So what I'm saying is somebody if somebody were to take pictures of the stuff in your apartment, show those 50 years from now, and they're going to be like, what, what the fuck was going on with this person? What the hell was <laughs> happening there? It's- yeah, someone
2: was pointing out in the chat that uh, my pictures of me and Francisco... My uh, little beer koozie that looks like a tiny little raccoon. Yeah. I like to take them with me places.
3: Yeah. That is... Oh, my God. You are these people. These, these people are directly related to you.
2: Oh, my God. <sighs> it actually You're makes scary. a lot of sense. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. And I've uh, come from a creative background.
3: A uh, creative or a family, maybe perhaps American Horror Story uh, Season 4 will be based on the Dylan family. <laughs> perhaps Never that could know. be the case.
2: All right, we do have our guests coming in pretty quick, and I do want to get some World of Crazy out, so can we, yes, can we do some of that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Since this just hasn't been weird enough. Kelta <laughs> is saying creative. I'm, I'm creative. I'm sticking with creative. sticking with creative, not creepy.
3: Oh, Wrong C word, Kelp. It's oh, creative. Oh, no, no, no. It's creepy.
2: What is weird is that you never do see the little boy's face.
3: You don't in neither of those pictures. Mm-mm.
2: And I believe in. Uh, I don't think he's wearing masks in the other ones, but it's really hard to see his face in the other ones too. What does he look like? I don't, know. Oh. I don't know. I'll take another picture. I'll, you know, what? I'll write my mom too and see if uh, her and my dad can maybe send me the rest of the photo album.
3: Because uh, I kind of did
2: want to frame all of it and like put them all around my apartment, but then I'm like, that's kind of creepy.
3: Yeah, But I mean, really, creepy's... with the rest of your, with the rest of what you have going on in that apartment, <laughs> is it really going to out creep anything else? <laughs> Probably not.
2: You know, I should be freaked out in my apartment that's covered in like weird trinkets and antiques and stuff, but.
3: Sarah Dillon, House of Horrors.
2: <laughs> oh, hello, my friends. My name is Sarah X. Dillon. Welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy. Greg, first up this story since we're talking about scary stories in the news because it is around Halloween, I wanted to tell you about the story that terrified me. Greg. It's being reported that there might be a global wine shortage. <laughs> Greg, there might be a global wine shortage. Oh, just no. being. You guys, I don't mean to freak you out, but this is what is in the news today. A
3: global wine shortage. A
2: global wine shortage, Greg. A global wine shortage. Okay. Apparently, studies are coming out that are saying that there's just enough wine in the world, and the problem is only going to get worse. The industry is experiencing a quote Undersupply of nearly 300 million cases a year According to a report from Morgan Stanley Research Uh, So it's saying that the shortage comes from Despite the fact that there are 1 million wine producers globally Making 2.8 billion cases each year That people just aren't buying wine the way that they used to Oh no I know Uh, But about half of that 2.8 billion cases of wine Come from Europe but that's not enough to keep up with the worldwide demand. It's being said global production's falling uh, every year by more than five percent last year. What and
3: why is it falling? I don't know.
2: It says all okay, right. So it says it's the falling great too. The wine blight. All right. Well, it says it's its lowest level since the nineteen sixties, and they are blaming it uh, primarily due to bad weather in France and Argentina.
3: Are you gonna be? Okay? Are you okay? I'm okay. okay.
2: Uh, So, also in the study, it's uh, noted that the French consume the most wine, followed by America, okay, and then the Chinese.
3: The Chinese, really?
2: Chinese are the third. Yeah. So, America consumes twelve percent of the world's wine. That's a lot of wine, Uh, but only produces eight percent. Oh, and the U.S. is only getting thirstier for wine with their wine consumption rising two percent. So we're going to have
3: to invade France now, I think.
2: Yeah. All right, well, the number of American wineries, they're saying, well, you know, there are a lot of wineries in America. Maybe this Europe and France problem won't affect us. That's not true, Greg, because a lot of these wineries are boutique operators rather than major producers. So they're not driving any real growth into the supply.
3: So the Frenzia plant is uh, not located here?
2: I don't know where the Frenzia plant is. I don't know. But I would like to kiss the ground where it is. <laughs>
3: That would be your number one destination. Go to Friends. The Friends, yep. The plant. Yeah, that's true.
2: I did go to uh, the Jameson Distillery once. That was pretty cool. Well, that would be awesome. Yeah. Next up Florida with trees. Dateline, Beaverton, Oregon. A Beaverton police officer responded to a call early this week in Southwest Cedar Hills Boulevard where he spotted a man adjusting his blue jeans and walking away from a parking lot. The man, 32 years young, Charles Andrew Engberg, refused to talk to the officer and was detained. Two other officers soon arrived on the scene. The officer who first encountered Engberg was responding because a woman called to alert the police that some a man was in the area. She explained that she saw Engberg walk into a parking lot, drop his pants to his ankles, and defecate in the bushes where he has been doing this for quite some time. I
3: have to admit, defecate was not what I expected you to say right
2: there. Oh, yeah, defecate. Uh, Yes, the three officers searched the parking lot and found evidence that backed up the woman's claim. (laughs) I wonder what that was. Uh, Engberg was arrested and booked in the Washington County Jail on charges of offensive littering and disorderly conduct. Who knew?
3: That's offensive littering. Well, I mean, that is...
2: is... It is offensive. (laughs) And you are
3: littering. Technically, yeah, unless he bagged it up. Now, if he had bagged it up, would that have been... Could you be charged with that?
2: Greg, that's a really good idea. Or, I mean, I I, that's know. a really good question. I don't know. I don't Probably know. not. Yeah. Probably not.
3: I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know how that works. I don't know what the laws are on that one. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yes, he is an, He is no stranger to defecating in public earlier this month. He pleaded not guilty in Multnomah County Circuit Court on accusations of indecent exposure and offensive littering, which now I'm assuming is mm-hmm. defecation. Uh, also, he was convicted in May of 2013 of another separate incident of a de- indecent exposure and, again, offensive littering.
3: Oh, he's got a thing going there.
2: Wow, watch out Beaverton.
3: This is like that guy that was in California or wherever it was that he, some somebody was pooping in his yard every morning. He was it was to the runner, camera. the
2: lady runner. Yeah, right? it was a
3: lady runner who had turned out that just preferred to poop in his yard. He, Might caught, as her. Well. I think he caught her on camera or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, this guy, uh, this guy and her could maybe have a little thing together.
2: <laughs> maybe they could. All right, and I found this story, and it's not true, but it really made me laugh because I thought it was true, just like our guest coming up, uh, Martin Connolly, who uh, duped an entire country into thinking that there are sous chefs stealing things.
3: Rampant sous chefs.
2: Rampant sous chefs all around Southeast Portland. Because I read this and I I took it as fact for a second until I looked up. Always look up to make sure if a paper is satirical or not. Mm -hmm. You always have to do that because I almost did this as truth. But now I wanted to read it because it just really made me laugh. Uh, Out of Waterloo, Ontario. Responding to numerous patron complaints, the staff of the Empire Theaters in Waterloo reportedly had to remove famed Canadian astronaut Chris Hadfield after he would not stop heckling a screening of Gravity, the space thriller that recently dominated the domestic
3: box office. Okay, but this is not a true story. It's not
2: true, but I just wanted to read it because it was funny. Okay. Just, just think of it as if it's true. Okay. Eyewitnesses reported that during last night's 9:15 real 3D screening of gravity, a lone man later identified as retired ISS commander Chris Hatfield, a very, uh, a very well-known um, astronaut, began muttering under his breath and chuckling to himself. By the 30-minute mark, Hadfield reportedly made numerous rude comments such as, nice, produ- nice Soyuz produced, uh, procedure, Hollywood, and oh yeah, that's what hypoxia is caused as by rabid cabin decompression, looks like you idiots. A witness says, it was the damnedest thing. My boyfriend and I were like, what a jerk. And then he went back to talk to him. When we came back to our seats, he was like, I'm pretty sure that was the astronaut from the news. Hadfield's alleged berating of the, of the film continued during one crucial and deathly silent scene involving Sandra Bullock Uh, And her desperate attempt to reach her vessel and avoid dying in a void of space, the man who brought honor and fun to Canadian space exploration let out a long, piercing, and altogether perfect fart. That's when I realized it was fake. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like he did not do that So you were falling for this just I like was everybody else fell Just for like it. I did Yes So it's true So everyone falls for something Well eventually theater staff Was notified And the Canadian living legend Was loudly removed From the theater Witnesses report That he did not go quietly He started screaming Have you been to space Because I've been to space But he's still a hero In everyone's eyes I suppose <laughs> And I fell for that one and next up, we're going to have Martin, who had more than one person. Well,
3: oh, I yes. What he did? That was quite successful.
2: Yeah, I wonder what Martin's going to be like. like. I wonder if he's just like, no, but they really are sous chefs. What if he's going to play it straight?
3: This is going to be awesome. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll find out shortly. Actually, we should probably uh, go to break here. I think we should. So that we can take care of that. All
2: right. Well, that, my friends, is your world to crazy. All
3: right. If you guys have any questions, go to slash live. Mm-hmm. Put those into the chat for Martin. So we're going to take a break and, uh, and get him in here and find out. Well, we'll find out whatever he's going to tell us. I know. <laughs>
2: we'll find out whatever Martin feels like telling us. <laughs> All
3: right. We'll be back in a minute with more Fun Employment Radio. In just a minute, we will. In just a second, as I stretch. As you stretch. I yeah, I know, this. right? Don't forget, if you're going to buy something from uh, Amazon, go to funemploymentradio.com first and click on the Amazon link. All right. It would be awesome. If Here you we did. go. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.
1: Hello everyone,
3: you're listening to Fun Employment Radio, and that's a uh, full dot-com scenario. Uh, And you're listening to, well not at the moment, Uh, I'm Reese Darby. I should have said that at the beginning. But after me, uh, you'll be listening to Nibbler and Dylan. Always a good laugh there. Uh, So enjoy them, and I'll see you next time.
2: I love him more every time I hear that. I liner. know
3: you do, <laughs> I know you, do. you ought to send that to him. I will. All right. <laughs> um, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fun Employment Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. So we talked about this, of course, at the beginning of the show, and we are we are blessed to be joined in we studio. Are, but I
2: like that choice of words. We are because we were we were selected, and I feel very very fortunate
3: by someone whose uh, whose face you've probably seen all over the place right now <laughs> because this story has exploded all over the internet. Uh, that's a weird way to put it, but I'm going to hand, go, go ahead and That's exactly it that what it did. It is splattered uh, all over. So uh, it originated from KATU, the ABC outlet here in Portland. The story of random sous chefs who were stealing things from a gentleman's backyard, and we are now joined by him himself, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Martin Connolly. Hello, sir. Hi
1: there. Hi, Martin. Hi. How are you today? I'm well so far. That's
3: good. <laughs> <laughs> so have, uh, have a lot of people been trying to get a hold of you?
1: Um Yes, absolutely. Um, but, uh, before we get started, I was wondering if it would be okay. I brought a prepared statement. Martin, yes, we would love that. Absolutely. I think that's appropriate. All right, thank you. Um, it's been one week since the sous chef came, and it has come to my attention that my remarks about sous chefs were insensitive at best and inflammatory at worst. It is clear that I have a lot to learn about the restaurant industry, particularly the sensitivities of the back of the house. It's for this reason that I believe I owe the sous-chef community an apology. It was wrong of me to disparage sous-chef Americans by implying that they all wear beard nets and that they all have briskety aromas. I should not have taken the bad deeds of one sous-chef to reflect the entire sous-chef community as a whole. As Dr. King once said, just because you have a few bad huckleberries, it doesn't mean you throw out the whole galette. I have many friends and family members that are sous chefs, and they know that I detest all prejudice, culinary or otherwise. Thank
3: you. It's very beautifully put. Thank you, Martin.
1: Beautiful statement. I
2: feel like nobody could be upset with you after that.
1: I should say my wife wants me to mention that Dr. King is not Martin Luther King, it's my podiatrist, Dr. Elisa King. I have like a really bendy toe.
2: Oh, Martin, <laughs> we've only met three minutes ago, and I think I love you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so where did this idea come up with? Where, where did you come up well, with this idea? Well, clearly, I
2: mean, it was the wandering sh- sous chefs. I mean, what inspired you to go to the press about this, about this this pressing matter?
1: Well, I first I posted it on Reddit because I thought it was really strange, and I thought maybe someone would get a, a laugh out of it. Um, I didn't think it would be as popular as it was, obviously, and I didn't expect all the major news outlets to start. Contacting me. So did they contact you off of the Reddit story? Yes. I received multiple emails from COIN, KGW, K2, a couple radio stations.
2: So what made you decide to go with uh, K2 because they're very excited in their news story there's like exclusively on K2 like they say that over and over again so what made you decide to to pick that outlet over the others in town
1: uh, it's one of my tenants works at K2 so I decided to give her a break <laughs> <laughs> it was it's that, not the reporter in there right no okay. no n- no I wish <laughs> <laughs> she was really cute e- Erica
2: Erica I, I know one of your other tenants too I- Jen.
1: Oh, because there's only one Jen. Oh, uh, Jennifer. Oh, her Jennifer. Yeah, yes. that does narrow it down. Well, she wrote well, after
2: I had written about my excitement that we were having Martin, and she's like, "He's my landlord, and he's amazing."
1: Thanks, Jennifer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, have you spoken with Erica since the story came out? Since since she uh, produced this and put this on uh, KATU?
1: Yes. Um, the, the day after the story aired, she called me and asked if there was anything I wanted to add. And she point blank asked, you know, are you sure this isn't a hoax? Are you sure this is all true? And I assured her it was. Um, I think she was seeing what people were writing on the Internet and how they thought it was unbelievable. And the fact that I wasn't defending myself online made her nervous, perhaps.
2: Now, are you an apartment manager for just one particular apartment complex or for multiple?
1: Multiple Which, buildings all around the city. That's why you don't know Jen.
2: Okay. Um, so is it just one apartment complex that you've been having this this ordeal at, or has it been uh, multiple ones?
1: Just the the only building I run with a locked fence is the only one that they've climbed over okay. okay and what first uh, tipped you
3: off to the fact that it was in fact sous chefs and not just other random people from the neighborhood
1: well i i always had my suspicions i'd seen sous chefs in the alley before um i'd see them all the time mm-hmm. picking just stuff from the alley um but then i got a really angry phone call from my neighbor kathy who's also an apartment manager and she had caught a sous-chef stuck on the fence with a bag of chicory leaves. And apparently he gave her some lip.
2: So what what amazing, you know, things can they find in this alleyway? Like, why do you think they're taking the chance to jump over this fence? I mean, it's a locked fence. It clearly says no trespassing, especially sous-chefs. Exactly. What do you think is is their motivation? Like, do you have a particular herb that you think that they're attracted to? Do you think this they like the area?
1: Well, I reread my original post, and... I, you know reading it from a from stepping away from myself at first it sounded like i was talking about pot but it, there's nothing like that back there it's just normal things that you can find in any field around portland like you know catmint and dandelion and chicory and dock and stuff like that mm-hmm.
3: you did mention that it seemed uh, that most of the catmint was taken definitely they're big
1: on catmint okay
2: so how can you tell, like, you know, when you were when you first were suspecting this, how what are the defining characteristics of a sous chef? Instead well, of like if you don't know they're they're like a different kind of chef?
1: Oh, you mean like sous- how did
2: you know they were sous chefs particularly? Gotcha. Well know?
1: I don't see your Naomi Pomeroys or your Gabriel Ruckers, you know, doing this dirty work themselves. They've got to have underlings. And I believe that directly under the head chef is the sous-chef, but like I said, it totally could have been a saucier.
2: Have you been uh, contacted by Portlandia at all after this uh, this event has occurred?
1: No, but...
2: Because um, your experience needs to be documented in an episode, like, immediately.
1: I, as I was sitting down to watch the K2 report for the first time, I was saying under my breath, please don't say Portlandia in the first five seconds. And, of course, that happened.
2: That's the first line. I still have the uh, the article pulled up. And the first thing, Portland, Oregon, the story could be right out of an episode of Portlandia. How many
1: times have you heard that? Oh, my goodness.
2: I bet not as many as you have.
3: Exactly. (laughs) Now, have you been online to see some of the, uh, you know, how far this has gone and all the different articles, and uh, have you seen any of the comments that
1: people are making? Well, I noticed about two hours ago it finally hit Fox News, so I know I've hit the big time.
2: And CNN to boot. I mean, wow, you're just like, it's traveling
1: around the world. It has. um, Interestingly, on the Fox News thing, they spin it, so um, they blame Obama.
2: (laughs) Um, We do have a question in the live chat. Edward would like to know, Martin... Now you did find not only the beard nets but the recipe out in the alley. Have you uh, tried out the recipe that you found?
1: I would, but I have no idea what sambal olek is. It's true, and if it does call for catmint, they've already taken all of that. So. Exactly, I'm totally out of catmint. <laughs> well, is unfortunate. Martin,
2: what do you think is the next step? Like, do you think you uh, do you think like you feel like this problem might be solved now that there's been attention drawn to it? Do you feel like there, you know, it might need to do something else to stop this from happening?
1: Um, I would like to maybe see some mugshots of various sous chefs from the neighborhood and show them to my neighbor Kathy, so she can pick them out and perhaps um, ridicule them for you know the duration of at least the uh, fall. Well, and probably
3: in particular the uh, lippy one that was that was speaking to exactly, her. Exactly, that's yeah.
1: that's the one.
2: Now, in the interview, I was noticing that uh, it, she did. The reporter did make mention that you think that it's a particular restaurant one a specific restaurant in the neighborhood, you think that they're doing it?
1: Yes. Uh, I, I, I know, I'm 99% sure which restaurant it is. Um, and the reporter from the Oregonian that called me, he knows who the restaurant is too, But um, and we agree. But since I don't have definitive proof yet, then I'd like to not divulge it. Okay, so you're not willing to name the restaurant. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. Okay.
2: So are you going to set up any sort of security system, maybe a, a camera on the side of the building? To be able to try and catch these people in the act?
1: I I might. um, One of my tenants uh, just today uh, painted me a giant, um, you know, round red circle with a line through it with a picture of a chef in the middle of it. And I was going to put that up, and I was hoping that would be a good deterrent. That would be. It would be. Well, I mean, you know, you did make your statement. It's not a generalization of all sous
3: chefs, but a certain bad element has certainly caused a lot of problems in your life. Yeah,
1: Exactly.
2: Well, we are, we are in the same neighborhood a little bit. So, I mean, there are some ruffians about. It's true. If you will.
1: Absolutely. I, I noticed that you're near the White Owl Social Club, and perhaps you could find some of their chefs going through your dumpsters or, or alleyways. <sighs> they, do, they
2: do have some vegan specials. They might make some, some mean, like, dandelion stew or something.
1: Nutritional
3: yeast from beards. <laughs> it's entirely possible. I'll keep an mm. eye out for beard nets. And uh, and see, you know, I think it's probably important for everyone to keep an eye out in your own uh, in your own neighborhoods.
2: Well, I mean, I live in an apartment complex, as as do a lot of people. Do you have any words of advice for me if I feel like uh, that my property might be inundated with, you know, the problems such as sous chefs?
1: I would imagine that if you see a lot of culinary themed tattoos, like salad forks or the Morton Salt Girl, then you know that you might be in a bad neighborhood. Thank you, Martin. Thank you.
3: Um, other than the signage, we do have just one more question here from uh, from a live listener. Are there uh, what are the nonviolent ways that you're employing to repel the marauding band of sous chefs?
1: Other than the signage, um, I have no ideas. I'll, okay, I'm willing to, to take any precautions that anyone wants to put forth. Okay.
2: All right. I do think the signage will probably prove to be quite effective.
3: Uh, essentially, I mean, ridicule is a good way. Is a good way to. Uh, to to solve a lot of problems really mm-hmm. um is there any uh, final statement you'd like to make to the KATU reporter or you know this uh the woman that you said was
1: quite attractive oh to erica yes i'm i'm married erica okay sorry erica. she missed her chance sorry about that all right
2: well thank you so much martin we, we know you had a lot of choices today and we really appreciate you coming in it and spending some fun. time with it us it was
1: very much fun thank you
2: thank okay. you all right. Well, shall we take a break? Yes. All right.
3: We shall, Martin. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll get the word out about uh, about these sous chefs. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be back in a minute with more Fun Employment Radio. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. There we go, exclusive statement
2: That is, we are, we were talking to him off the air And he is being contacted by people from all over the country Yes And he decided to come in with us So we really appreciate it
3: Absolutely, and we need to give a big thank you to Chris to Chris
2: Reeves, thank you so much he, he helped us orchestrate this And we are
3: sincerely grateful Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely So there we go, we'll uh, have this up And you guys can share this, of course From at Fun Radio and FunEmploymentRadio.com And uh, hear the exclusive interview with Martin Connolly and yes. his statement. And his
2: statement about the rampaging uh, sooth chefs all around Portland. <laughs> hey, but you know what Greg and I are going to be doing tonight? We are going to be at a comedy
3: show. Yes, indeed. Sarah and I are going to be judges at a comedy event called North Best. An Essential Comedy Competitive Comedic Competition. That is the official name <laughs> of the show. As you can tell,
2: it's very satirical. <laughs> and so we are, let's see, what were we described as on this?
3: Uh, we Super are...
2: celebrity guests. Yes. Uh, Greg Nibbler and Sarah Dylan of the soon-to-be Nobel World Peace Prize winning Fun Employment Radio. Absolutely. So we're going to be there. It's happening tonight uh, at around 10 p.m., uh, 9.30, 10 p.m. at Mississippi Pizza. Yes. Which uh, we're super excited about. It's at uh, 3552 North Mississippi Avenue. Uh, Suggested donation of five bucks, but I mean, if you want to come check it out, we'll be there hanging out. There'll be some uh, comedic stylings.
3: Yes, indeed. It's Portland versus Seattle. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of Seattle comics that came down. Some Portland comics that uh, you guys all know. Andy Main. And then, of course, uh, Sean Jordan is going to be there as well. Christian Ricketts. And uh, going against uh, Seattle's best. Yes. Yes.
2: So we are going to be judging on a very high-tech comedic scale as to who is who is funnier, Portland or Seattle. Absolutely.
3: We're the final judges on this. Yeah. So
2: we'll be at Mississippi Pizza tonight. So if you want to stop by and say hi, that is where we will be. Have some laughter. I have some beer. I'm okay with that.
3: That's all right. That's all right. If you right. choose to do so, by <laughs> all means. Uh, so, yeah, big thank you to Martin. Big thank you to Chris. And uh, there you go. You can you can share that everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up tonight on the network, actually, Lisa and uh, Brian Wood are getting their new cart set up for Big Ass Sandwiches. Speaking of
2: Mississippi, I think they're actually going to be on there
3: as well. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah. they will uh, They will not be doing a show. And Geek in the City is also not doing a show tonight. So, But we'll have stuff replaying and a very special um, War of the Worlds broadcast that uh, that Aaron has. Oh, cool. That is going to be playing probably right around 8 p.m. All right. So that's there'll tonight? be plenty to, plenty to tune into for mm-hmm. that. Um, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Yeah. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Go to funemploymentradio.com/slash store and order your. Fun Employment Radio sweatshirt. Yes,
2: limited time only. Now there are only 15 days left. I know you want to kind of put it off and be like, all right, I can wait until the last minute. If you wait until the last minute, you might forget that last minute and you can't get your order in. So yes. get it in as soon as you can. They're awesome. We're having them locally made and this will be a one-time thing. So yes. get in your order as soon as you can.
3: Get them in now. FunEmploymentRadio.com slash store
2: Yes, and again, so all all the geeks in the cities all have uh, I don't know a bunch of stuff going on tonight. I think yeah. they all individually have different things
3: happening. So yeah, so that's why there's there's no broadcast tonight for them. But mm-hmm. uh, like we said, a special thing in its place um, that Aaron has provided will be airing right about eight p.m. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you everyone for tuning into our show. Yes, it's this has so, been awesome. so much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun, and we'll be posting this everywhere. And like we said, feel free to share this link everywhere. That you would like to, you can just go to our website, funemploymentradio.com, and click on the episode, or um, at Funamp Radio, where we are on Twitter, or on Facebook, where we are coincidentally, Fun Employment Radio. That's crazy. Yes, that's crazy. That's our name on Facebook. It's very weird. (laughs) Very odd. All right, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow with more funemploymentradio.com. Love you.